All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Strength Academy Podcast. This is Mundo, once again joined by Grayson. How's it going, everybody? And so today we were going to talk a little bit about some things that uh, are coming up in training. Uh, right now we're in the middle of a we're kind of in the middle of the training cycle as far as like we have a meet coming up in April for some folks. Uh, there's some people going to compete locally and then there's some people that are going to compete at Masters Nationals and things like that. So we're like gearing up towards this intensity phase of, of the training cycle. And we, want, we wanted to talk a little bit about like how things are shaping up in, in this part of the training cycle and how we address certain things that, that come up when we get to certain percentage of lifts. And then maybe a little bit about uh, both of us kind of listen to this another podcast about tiny habits uh, and basically like how people change the way that they do things right and, and by using the simplest means possible and so I wanted to talk a little bit about that so let's uh, let's get into some of the the training aspects so right now um, a lot of like I said we're, we're kind of gearing up for some of the things in April where um, either masters nationals are coming up things are starting to heat up for uh, AO series, so probably some people are going to use this April meet to try to qualify for some AO series. Maybe AO3 is probably one of the next ones, the big ones for us, and uh, also the state games in June, things like that. And uh, so this is the part of the training cycle where we're on the edge of volume. We're starting to get into some higher intensity lifts, and we started to notice a little bit of like discrepancies in, in technique and maybe some strength um, aspects of the lift. So like this is this is the hardest part of the training cycle, I think, for me as a coach, because this is where I start to notice where things fall apart for people. Like we're starting to get into like 80 percent tile lifts and um, things start to get heavy and people start to notice like, oh, I'm, I'm maybe noticing this aspect of my lift isn't going quite as well. And and sometimes like the the need to push to get to these higher percentages, right, is kind of diminished by technical flaws. So how do we address those in the middle of this training cycle? Like, how do you approach it as a coach um, when you start seeing these things pop up in training where people are starting to have a little bit of struggles with these higher percentages? Well, yeah, so I mean, I think that, um, you know, this is kind of where that transition phase, like you said, happens, where it's where we're done with kind of our work capacity phase. Typically for us, we usually um, start at, you know, 65% in that first week just to kind of get the feel for things or uh, in this cycle in particular we were doing a lot of work from the hip um, so we're not loading that super super heavy so that's kind of in that 70% range and now we're starting to kind of get to where we're starting to drift up into 80-85% uh, more frequently. Um, the reason that that's important is because as much as we were talked about last time like we want to make sure that the technique is repeatable. Right. But at a certain point, you have to try to get better at repeating the technique with a heavier heavier load. So once you've kind of spent that first part of the training program building up your endurance, doing a lot of bodybuilding work, kind of building up your capacity to do a lot of lifts, right. now we're kind of starting to transition into that, um, you know, applying those things that we're practicing to those heavier loads. Right. And um, like you said, this is kind of where you start to see okay, what's clicking and what's not? Mm -hmm. And you can kind of see, okay, well, this is, uh, you know, when it gets to this certain weight, you're kind of pulling behind the bar too soon. Or, um, you know, any number of like, it's like, oh, okay, arm engagement is a little bit overactive at 85%, but it was fine at 80. Right. Um, and I think that we're, we're addressing this with a couple of different things as we're doing on the minute work, um, 
uh, to just really reinforce kind of this is the pattern and then go up a little bit and this is the pattern and right. go up a little bit. And we've been doing some waves where it's we're, we're going between 70 and 80% over the course of three sets hmm. and kind of going down and back up a lot. Right. And I think that uh, I like both of those strategies because it's, it's basically what we're trying to do is get people to notice that it's just because the weight has gone up, the technique needs to remain the same. And I think that what we kind of, what I tend to notice is that uh, the first time that people start getting into these 80 and 85 percents, they start trying too hard. Yeah. Almost. Like they, yeah. They, they think, oh, I got to give it some extra juice today. And so the biggest thing that I that I, I spent this week working on was just getting people to relax and trust the positions that we've been working on in the first half of the training program. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, this this phase is really important because it's where you can start applying those technical things, but it's where you have to start being extra mindful with your lifting. Yeah. I think that's for, from a coaching standpoint, uh, this is the part of the cycle that's the most important to be aware of like where people are at. Um, as far as like how their, their training has gone up to this point, how consistent they've been, like how much they've been pushing. And so like, I'll start to notice like small things that maybe they're pulling their arms a little bit early. Like the arm band starts to show up a little bit early when things get heavy. Like I, I get a lot of comments of like, Oh, it feels heavy. Like, it, Oh yeah, of course. Like it's 80%. It should feel heavy. Like it's going to feel heavy, but the point is not to change anything, right? The, the change is just in the amount of effort that you put into the lift, not necessarily in the position. So like the positions should all be the same. That's why we do this on the minute stuff. And we do waves because those lighter weights should, technically be in the same position as the heavier weights, just adding a little more umph at the, at the higher end percentages. So like, um, for me, like I, I noticed that a lot of people, they approach that, that 80% differently than they would a 70% lift. They think about it differently. So I, I try to get them to think about, you need, you don't need to change anything just add some more, you know, drive to it. Just give it a little more umph when, when you're completing the lift. And I think that that's hard for people because when it feels heavy, they feel like they should be doing something different. And, and this is the part of the training phase. This is part of the, the, the program where people start to notice that the higher end weights do feel a little bit differently than, than obviously 65%. So like they seem to want to change something, right? Or they think something needs to be different. Like they need to do something different with their body. But the reality is that they just need to keep doing what they've been doing, just doing it a little more, you know, intensely. So to me, like uh, when we get, when I get to these percentages and I'm, I'm working on like 75 to 85% lifts right now in, in my training, um, like I don't really notice that the weight's different, but that I need to be more strong in the positions that I hold. So like for me, it's, it's more about holding my, my upper body in a more upright position, locking out a little more fast, you know, being a little more aggressive as opposed to changing anything. Like I don't need to change my footwork. I don't need to change the way I, I pull. I just need to be more aggressive with it at the higher end weights. So, but I'm not, I'm not trying to change my technique. Like you don't see me, doing more of one thing over another. So I, th I try to portray that to people when I'm explaining the lifts to them and I'm trying to get them to understand that like, don't 
don't look at 80% as a heavier lift. Just look at it as a lift that requires more focus and more aggression as opposed to a change in something like the way you extend or, or like the way that you get the bar to the hips in a snatch. Like that shouldn't change. It should just be a more focused lift. So I, I, that's the way I try to explain it. I don't know if you, you try to explain a little bit differently because like, do you get the same comments from people? It's just like, oh, it just feels heavy, like 80%. Of course, yeah, it does. Yeah, um, common, common things that people kind of reflect on when getting into those heavy weights for the first time in the cycle and then getting to where you can do multiple reps at those is that it's either it feels heavier or it feels slower is another slower, common, yeah, uh, yeah. common thing. And I think that... Um, like you were saying, like reminding people that that's kind of the point. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's not going to move as fast from the floor to the knees at eighty-five percent as it does at seventy percent. And recognizing that it's more important, like you said, to just keep holding positions and finishing the pull. And what I think people get kind of uh, lost with, and why it's important to kind of not spend too much time away from these kind of heavier percentages. Uh, is that it is that the, the, the timing will feel a little bit different right? in yeah. that I think what tends to happen, especially in that first week when people have little hiccups with their, you know, 80 or 85 percent is that they're, they're thinking of the lift as a matter of how like timing mm -hmm. rather than a matter of position. So like if you, you know, track how long it takes the bar to get to your hips at 70% and then how long it takes the bar to get to your hips at 85. It's probably going to take a fraction of a second longer to get to the same position just because it's a little bit heavier. Right. And um, so if you extend when you would usually extend at 70%, but it's 85%, now you've extended early and that leaves the bar forward. So when we're transitioning here, whenever you're transitioning and you're moving into that kind of... Uh, you're out of the preparatory phase and you're into a strength building phase, mm -hmm. recognizing that it's not necessarily that the lift is going to take the same amount of time as 70%, but that the positions need to be the same and that you might just have to stand up a little bit longer as the weight gets heavier. Right. And I think that's the main thing that, uh, you know, it's important to take a look at when changing gears. Um, some of the things that we do, um, to kind of help with that is, you know, using variations during the preparatory cycle that will complement the feeling of having to be really patient. So if you're doing a ton of volume and hang hang lifts or block lifts, mm -hmm. like you're not going to have that same speed coming up as you would if you were like power snatching that same weight from the floor. Sure. So you're going to have to emphasize getting into the finish position a little bit more. But I think that the main thing is just remembering that whenever you're changing gears, that it's it's not just the that it needs to feel the same speed as seventy percent, but it just needs to be finished in the same place. Right. And I think that just reminding people, like one of the cues that I really like is you know stand all the way up, and it's that it doesn't matter if it feels heavy passing your knees, and it doesn't matter if it feels like it's moving a little bit slow off the ground, because if you stand all the way up, it's gonna be in the right position um so it's that uh especially for snatches i feel like i feel like this is usually a, a snatch problem yeah more than it is a clean problem and um i'm not sure why that is i think it's just that you know it's people get excited about snatching i don't know <laughs> yeah well i mean i i enjoy snatching more than i do clean and jerk i would say that 
the snatch is more like my favorite lift than cleans and jerks are, but um, they're also the most frustrating because like small small technical flaws will cause you to miss. And with a clean and jerk, you can be a little less precise and still get away with it. But like with the snatch, you just you have to be spot on at those higher weights. Like especially because um, people people have a tendency to think that uh, the higher weights they take longer to get to the hips, and and that's why there's that small aspect of timing change where it's just like, oh, it just feels like I'm pulling forever. But in reality, like you're right, it's just a fraction of a second slower than it normally is, but it just feels to that person, it just feels like it's taking them longer to get it to that same place at those higher percentages. And so I think it's more of just getting, reassuring people that it's like, just get it to the right spot and it'll get there. Like trust your legs, like you've got the positions down, just keep reinforcing those things at higher percentages at higher weights that way you can transfer that consistency to the higher end ranges and that's what we look for when um, we're at this stage of the training cycles it's like uh, a lot of people are doing on the minute work and things like that and waves and so we look at how consistently they hit those numbers and where things are starting to, to give them trouble like on that third rep of a of a wave like of the third wave um they'll they'll be a little more tired for that third rep so then they start relying on their hips too much or you'll see like the arm bend the early arm bend so like these are the where the things that throw lifts off later start to manifest themselves when you're tired and so this is this is the best part of the training cycle to get coaching and to be in the gym like with us because we can evaluate those those movements and help make corrections in real time and and being here and and getting training while while you're getting coached is going to help hopefully transfer those skills to the higher end percentages and and that's what we try to focus on at this point at this stage in the in the, in the programming cycle so that you know people can have successful pr attempts and that's that's what we're, we're trying to lead them towards like yeah this is a hard phase of training this is probably like where people start to complain the most and like when is volume going to end like when is this where, when are we going to get out of this cycle but uh we need to build up these stronger levels of, of basic movements and positions so that we can have them available to us as we carry up, you know, those percentages and, and try to get those PR attempts going. And um, even even now, we're going to probably start heading into doubles and triples and things like that for some of some of the, our athletes. And, and we're going to start seeing the results of how much work they put in and, and what those those positions look like when when they start going for heavier lifts. So um, I, I this is probably like my favorite part of the of, of training, because like when we start a new cycle, we're always explaining new movements or trying to get people to, to fix things that we saw in the last part of the cycle. But this is the part where like they're putting in the hard work that's going to pay off, hopefully in a PR attempt or a new PR for these these folks. And this is where we make those adjustments to try to to make those successful. Yeah, it's it's that strength building phase where you've done you've done the work to get yourself in shape, and yeah. now you can do the really meaningful stuff, which is those those lifts in that seventy five to eighty five or even seventy five to ninety percent range, yeah. where you can really start building strength within those lifts and working on your really really specific speed qualities. Right. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing uh, that you know, like we were saying, is is that tendency to finish early. Um, when when initially kind of getting back into heavier lifting and one of the things that i really like to tell everybody is that uh, especially in the snatch but even in the clean to some extent you just have to try to remain relaxed yeah where it's not that i want you to be loose 
but you just can't be overly anticipating the the second half of the lift or you know it's it's just trusting that if you just hold position and stand up it doesn't really matter right and trying to kind of get to that point where you can you know because i think people get too psyched up especially for snatches like i don't think you can snatch from an aggressive or like you know like really hyped up place mm -hmm. i think that the snatch really requires you to like control that emotional energy and take a breath and like be really deliberate and controlled and then what we do as coaches is during this phase when we're first getting into these heavier ones we've got a few weeks here where we're going to be living in this percentage range mm -hmm. where we're going to be doing these heavier attempts more often and what that allows us to do is to kind of spot for individuals okay does it look like you know if they're pulling behind the bar too soon that's a good indicator that we need to do a little bit more back strength work for this person um, yeah or vice versa if they're you know using you know too much back and hips then we need to work on okay making sure that the balance is correct or that we're using the quadriceps in that finish as well so basically when we start to see where people break down that allows us to start kind of prescribing different things to different people right. like oh yeah. it looks like you need to do a little bit more work on speed through this position where you need to do a little bit more work on strength in this one position so it allows us to kind of start tailoring exercises and choosing those last few exercises for the last cycle leading up to make sure that we're really addressing any weak points that we're seeing uh, as we come out of that preparatory phase yeah. because the problem is is that you know, and there's there's a reason that you can't spend all your time lifting at 70%, and it's because usually people don't make a lot of mistakes there. Right. If they're pretty, like, if they're intermediates, that's a weight that they're going to make pretty much every time, and it's a weight that you can get away with an error here or there and not really feel it. Um, and we're going to be trying to spot it as a coach and giving them feedback about that, but sometimes the athlete can't really feel if something goes wrong there because it's a, a light enough weight that they can just hold it in position even if it's a little forward um, but when you start loading and increasing those intensities that highlights for them being able to feel what too forward feels like and then they have to make the adjustment because otherwise the lift isn't going to happen and it allows us to kind of target okay well is this a strength issue or is this a technique issue do we need to like kind of break things down for this person once a week and kind of like reestablish some of these positions maybe? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first exposures to those heavier lifts in the cycle is really, really good for just kind of identifying, okay, well, what, what worked well in our preparatory phase? Okay, we're getting better hip positions, we're getting good hip contact, the poles are looking pretty strong. Right. But maybe this transitional phase from knee to hips or the action of the elbows coming under is lagging a little bit. So that allows us to kind of select exercise primers like hip snatches or tall snatches to address specific weaknesses that we see kind of popping up and just to refresh what needs to happen for those heavier attempts um, in, you know, like the second or third part of the workout. Yeah. Uh, I think like at this point, everybody's looking pretty good. So, um, it's just a matter of giving them the opportunities to try out some of those heavy lifts, see where things are going, um, make adjustments as necessary. And like, what would you, if, if all our athletes were listening right now like, and you could tell them something like in general, like across the board, what would you tell them like to, to try to focus on or, or what they can do to help themselves like survive this, this part of training? 
Well, it's it's just I, I, I think it's just accepting the fact that there are going to be workouts that feel heavy. Yeah. And that that's okay. And like it's never going to feel, you know, when you attempt a PR, it's never going to feel light as a feather. Yeah. You know, Sometimes unless you're you 16, get, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe unless you're 16. <laughs> but even but even then, you know, like I think that you know, it's understanding that when you're going to be attempting these weights that are, you know. For a lot of people, it's, you know, trying to snatch up a body weight or, yeah. you know, any of those kind of little milestones there, they're all going to feel challenging. Right. But keeping in mind that just because it feels challenging doesn't mean that it's not going to go overhead. Yeah, it's not it's, doable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of, uh, you know, making sure that when you're coming into the workout that you're kind of prefacing that with, it's okay if some of these feel heavy today. It's okay if I miss time a lift and drop one because that's part of the learning process is like if you, you know, you, you, you always want to strive for making all of your lifts. Yeah, of course. course. Yeah. But being willing to, to not let a miss derail you. So like when you're getting into those heavier ranges, right? So say mm -hmm. you've got four doubles at 80% or something like that. Okay. And that's going to be a pretty challenging workout for you because it's your first full workout where all your working sets are at 80 or above. Sure. Um, a lot of times what I think happens is that, you know, maybe, maybe somebody has a bad first set. And instead of taking that as a, oh, that was kind of weird or, okay, what do I need to do to re reassess this? Letting yourself get frustrated by missing kind of tends to derail the rest of the workout. Yeah. And, you know, I catch myself in this as well, in that if, you know, I'm doing something wrong and I can't quite fix it, I carry that frustration into the second exercise. Oh, yeah. And then that carries into the third exercise. And suddenly it feels like I've had a terrible workout. But really, I'm just upset that I didn't snatch the way that I wanted to yeah. today. So I think that, you know, trying to, you know, not let... A hiccup or a miss or a rough start to a workout affect how well you attack the second and third exercise yeah. and then even set to set not letting goofing on one set put you into the mindset of oh this whole workout's a wash I yeah. can't do this today yeah. like no if you take a step back or maybe go down and work back up or just calm down and remind yourself what you're supposed to be doing um, it, it, I think that, that that's kind of the important thing is like because these heavier workouts can be frustrating because yeah. they're, they're hard they and you might can. miss a couple of them and you know every now and then you're going to have a day that something feels weird or you know you suddenly forgot how to pull your elbows high on the way under right. like these little things happen you know because we don't live in a bubble like everybody's got these external factors playing on them maybe you didn't sleep well um, but you know Keeping in mind that just because like a workout or a set or two didn't go the way that you wanted, or maybe the, all of the snatches today didn't go the way you wanted and you had to go down and wait and do them lighter, that's not defeat, right. you know, and, and if you, and if you care, like if that puts you into a negative space where then you kind of like are just mad about how the first exercise went and you're not focusing on perfect pulls afterwards and trying to make those great, you kind of miss an opportunity to keep practicing the things that you need to practice. Um, 
in that kind of like second half of the workout because usually you know it's we we have a setup where typically you know it's primer exercise snatch exercise pulling exercise squatting exercise sure you know that kind of traditional like you know order of importance warm up do the main movement do some strength work Mm -hmm. but if you let you know an off day or an offset impact the subsequent work you're kind of like you're writing yourself off before you're done with the workout yeah yeah you know? like you, you've already kind of quit before you even completed everything that you need to yeah uh, yeah so don't mentally check out before you know you're the rest of the work is done it's like uh I, I know i kind of know where you're coming from with that because like even today um, so like I had snatch balances up to like 85% and I was working up to that percentage and I missed one at the end of one set and I was just like letting too many external things distract me. So I was just like, you know what? I need to refocus my attention, really focus on what I'm doing and, and pay attention to my session. And so I put the headphones in, try to block everything out and just focus on moving well and doing what I need to, to try to complete my session. So like sometimes it, I'm not always an advocate for like people putting headphones in and stuff like that, but if you need to block external things that are going on around you um, and they're distracting you, um, sometimes that can be a way to refocus like, and, and, and make sure that you're, if something's not going as well as you want to, realign what you want to accomplish in that session and try to focus that, that energy in that, in that, that way. So like whatever, whatever it is that's outside of your control, try to diminish that and then just refocus your, your purpose, purposefulness in, in the way you lift. Yeah. And I think that's where kind of headphones can work as blinders yeah. where, you know, if you know, you're a fairly distracted person, like putting your headphones in and just kind of going to work and yeah. still checking in to see if, you know, there's any feedback that you need. But I think that can be a pretty useful strategy. But also I think that, you know, some people, you know, don't have the wireless ones or just don't like lifting sure. their headphones in. Yeah. But I think that even then, um, a really important thing to do in your workouts is, you know, if, you know, you're finding yourself getting pulled one way or another, or, you know, you're lifting next to a very talkative person, yeah. but you're kind of a distracted person and that kind of works for them, but not sure. for you. Just making sure that, you know, it's okay to, to, to tell people what your boundaries are, where it's just like, hey, I'm in my working sets right now. We'll catch up afterwards yeah. while we're stretching. But, like, I just need to, like, sit and focus right now. Right. And, you know, that, you know, um, what you're doing between your sets and what your rest periods look like. So, like, if you're doing a set and then you just go, oh, God, that was heavy. And you go start talking to people about it. It's like, man, I'm feeling tired today. And right. Max doing this. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, you're thinking about all the reasons that this isn't going to go the way that you right. want it to. Exactly. Yeah. And if you take that and you just kind of shift and instead of doing that, you finish your rep and then you just sit down and close your eyes and you just breathe and think about the next set. And you just kind of try to like refocus in between. Okay. That can be a really good way. And just letting people know like, this is going to be a hard workout for me today. So I just need you guys to help keep me focused. And by that, I mean, stop talking to me. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, let's get into, uh, the tiny habits discussion. So like this kind of correlates with that, like that, the kind of habits that you want to build as a weightlifter. So, um, like I said, we, in, when we introduced the podcast, we were talking about like, we, in, we both kind of listened to this, uh, podcast regarding uh, a book called tiny habits. And the author basically, uh, goes over ideas that are simple, right? Because when people try to change their behavior, they try to change anything. Um, they always 
take a big approach to it, right? If you want to change the way you eat, change the way you sleep, change any way, any the way you think, change the, your your the way you do anything. Um, that's always a can be an overwhelming experience if you if you think about it. Like, how do you eat an elephant, right? It's like one spoon at a time. So you need to simplify that process. So what kind of things do you think weightlifters need to build as far as habits go? So like you were talking about like talking in between sets, com- maybe complaining about how bad you feel. Like what are some things that you want weightlifters to kind of build as far as habits go? Like what if you if you look at all your athletes and you took a across the board approach, what kind of things would you want your athletes to try to build as far as habits go? Like, what, what do you want them to cultivate? I, I think that um, for, for cultivation of habit, and it's something that I, that I work on and struggle with on and off and know that lots of other people do too, but one of the main things that I try to get into people right away when they're brand new mm-hmm. um, and then remind them along the road is that I want people's warm-ups to be all pretty much that, like you can alter them slightly to suit where you're sore or the task for the day. Sure. But like the habit of just coming in and running through the full body warm up as like just intuitively reactively the first thing that you do mm-hmm. is just get everything prepared for the session because there's just been so many times that I've seen athletes um be kind of in shape for a good workout but be so eager to get into it that they skip. They're like, Oh, I'm feeling pretty good today. I don't need to do that thing that I usually do. Right. Or I don't need to you know, like, you know, skipping, skipping steps in the warm up. Um, I think like kind of can set people up for a bad workout. Um, despite having the potential to have a good workout, just if, but they weren't quite warmed up enough. Yeah. It can derail know? their progress. Yeah. So like, I think that, you know, like he was saying is like, you always want to start with like, what's the simplest thing that I need to do. Right. right. Because, uh, you know, he was talking about like, if you make kind of these huge sweeping things where it's like, I'm not going to have a single thought outside of training and I'm going to do this whole training session, but just like, no, just come in and do your warm up without taking any breaks. That's been my project okay. lately is not, you know, going and reading a news article between arm circles and, you know, leg circles, but just trying to, like, really just, like, uh, you know, I, I, I jokingly put a trash can out and said, feed me your phone. Yeah. Just, like, put your phone in there and then just run through your whole warm-up. Um, I think that, uh, you know... Oh, that's a good idea. We're looking yeah. at, like, you yeah. know, front-end, kind of the simplest thing. Because if you're not prepared for the workout, then you're not going to have a very good workout. And sometimes if you come in and you're feeling beat up and you do a really good warm up, all of a sudden you feel great and you can have a great workout. Yep. But on days that you're kind of like distracted or kind of, uh, you know, skipping steps because you just want to get it over with, I think that, you know, taking the time to prepare adequately yeah, um, so is the, like a really good habit. So the warm up really matters to you. Like it, that's something that you want weightlifters to kind of focus on is warming up well and doing it properly and being engaged with that process. It's not just like, lazily pick up the bar overhead snap like overhead it a couple times and maybe do a few like slow looking hip snatches or or you know some stuff like that but being deliberate with the way they warm up moving their body in a way that prepares them to actually lift in the session so like if you're sore 
doing a really thorough warm up will get you ready to lift despite how sore you are because I've lifted on a sore body and and with a real thorough warm up I'm ready to lift again like you you'd be surprised how how well your body is is adapting to to doing these things over and over again and so like I think that when people skip out on on how they warm up their bodies to lift um that that's really just kind of shortens their their abilities as a weightlifter so like I, I i'm on board with you as far as like warm-ups go like just be thorough in your warm-up be deliberate about it you know be be focused in that part of the session too because that's that's you're preparing to lift like how you like how do you prepare your food right you cook it first you make sure that all the ingredients are there everything you need is there to cook the meal so like if, if a weightlifting session was like a meal and you're you're skipping ingredients like it's not going to turn out the way like it could if you put everything in there that needed to be in there which is you know being thorough in the warm-up and, and treating every lift like it matters like being thorough in, in the way that you warm up so um, all right so that's one way of, of cultivating like a habit in weightlifting so what else do you think what other kind of habits do you think weightlifters should try to develop in their in their training and in, in their and the way they do things. Well, I think uh, one one final point on that is if, if you are a person that struggles to have a consistent warm up, you know, taking this approach of setting the smallest possible milestone. Yeah. So maybe the idea of like going unbroken on the entire warm up seems like a lot, right? Sure. You know, just like oh man, like I, I always hate doing this one exercise, or but just committing to get on the bike and pedal for three minutes. That's your first week's goal, okay. right? So, like, if you're going to be- develop a good warm-up habit, it's like, okay, I'm just going to be really focused, and I'm going to make sure that I ride the bike every day, and I'm going to make sure that I'm doing the same thing for the my foam roll sequence, right? And then start layering in, you know, week by week, a little bit more, um, like trying to maintain your focus for slightly longer. Um, might be like kind of a good way to okay. kind of approach. Yeah, some so of that. I think I kind of like so if you're warming up. And it takes 45 minutes. Is it taking 45 minutes because you're very thorough or is it taking 45 minutes because you're checking your phone in between, you're doing a bunch of other stuff like and you're kind of like messing around a little bit and then getting to the barbells like so what why does your warm up take as long as it does or if it if it's that robust like what can you kind of weed out if you don't need those things like what can you kind of how can you consolidate that process. Yeah, and, and, then, and then just kind of building from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and basically just saying, like, if you're warming up for 45 minutes and you want to take less time, don't say, I'm going to do everything in 15 minutes right. this week. Yeah. Be like, I'm just going to maintain a faster pace, and I'm going to st- maybe the first week you just time it. Yeah. And you just see how long it actually takes you. Right. And then maybe the next week you're like, all right, I'm going to shave five minutes off that by just shortening my transitions. Yeah. And kind of set yourself up for these kind of, like, achievable uh, small breaks there. Right. Um, I think that a habit that people kind of fall into is, I think a lot of times people rest too long. Yeah, I think I, so I think, too, yeah. I think rest periods, uh, like, and again, there's not that there's anything like wrong from a physiological level. Like, I, like you're still going to make improvements on your snatch if you rest two minutes and 15 seconds instead of a minute and 30 in between your sets. But it's just a matter of being efficient with your time. So if you're feeling like kind of overwhelmed with how long you're spending in the gym, it might just be that you, you, you're resting more than you, than you need to. Right. Because usually at about a minute and a half, if you're going really heavy two minutes, but you're pretty much about as recovered as you're gonna be. Right. Um, 
and and you're probably going to be ready to take that next set, especially if you're doing you know mid range, you know upper percentile work, and you're not going for maxes. But even if you are going for maxes and you're training for competition, you might only have a minute or a minute and a half in between. Yeah, so I was like, going to bring that up too. Is like in a competition, like the most you get is a two minute clock in between lifts if you got to follow yourself. So like pacing. If, I guess. Yeah, if you're pacing your workout in a way that mimics competitions, like you'll never step up to the bar and be like, oh, there's no way I could lift this because I only had like a minute of rest. You know, so, but if you're in your training, you're training like every 90 seconds, you're taking another set, regardless of, of what percentage the weight's at, like you're gonna be mentally prepared to take that lift. Like you'll, you'll, you'll be in a tougher, more resilient position because you don't need five minutes of rest or 10 minutes of rest to try to be ready for that next lift. You, you know that you can take that two minutes and consolidate it into 90 seconds and in that 30 seconds finish the lift that you need to on the platform. So like that kind of, that state, that flow state that people get into, um, like if you time your sets and you get into a, a fl like a flow of how your workout goes, like you don't sit there forever, you don't get cold, you don't think about or ruminate about the last lift, if you missed it, if you made it, you know, anything like that, you're just in, in the moment, like you're, you're in that process. So I think I like, I like the idea of people keeping their rest to a consolidated amount, uh, whether it's 90 seconds or two minutes or, or, but like within a reasonable amount of time, like you shouldn't be doing one set and then 15 minutes later you do another set and then 20 minutes later you do another set and then you're in the gym for like three hours. So like that's, yeah. that's not, I mean, you can do that if you have the time, I guess, but like for, from a standpoint of, of creating a flow in your workout and in your training session, like I think it's much better to kind of keep it consolidated. Yeah, and you know, if you're, you know, in that kind of camp where things are getting stretched out really long, you're just kind of missing time that you could make dinner and sit down and read a book before bed. Sure, or, you yeah. Know, you're kind of like, you know, it's because you only have so many minutes in a day. Right. And if you stretched your training session that should take an hour and 45 minutes out to three and a half hours just because you're, you know, kind of moving at a pace that made it stretch out that long right now you're going to feel rushed when you get home if you feel rushed when you get home you're going to feel stressed before bed yeah. the stress before bed you're not going to sleep as well and these right. sort of things can cascade so i think that you know um yeah the the keeping keeping rests managed um yeah so a, a way that you can help yourself if, if you're one of those people that takes a long time in between sets uh, maybe a small simple step that you can take is just timing how long your rest is like you don't have to take a 90 second rest but start timing it see how long it does take you to, to get to that next set so like as soon as you're done start the timer on your phone if you notice like five minutes has passed you're like oh maybe i should probably start working on this like and, and then just start developing the idea of just like taking less time in between sets and then the, the best way to start that is just to be aware of how much time you're taking now and then just build from there like if you want to consolidate it start setting a timer for yourself or start looking at at how much you know rust you're taking so that's one way to build that habit of how do you consolidate and create an efficient training session for yourself time-wise yeah so i think those are kind of the the little um you know things that kind of make a big difference in the long run you know because because we can talk about you know the like we we we've, we've harped on all the time being deliberate with each rep yeah yeah and you know uh, like taking care of yourself outside of the gym and I think that where the little habits um, 
idea kind of um, I wish I remembered the guy's name so we give him credit but uh, look up. I think his name is uh, I'll, I'll look it up real quick you can but so one of the things that I think is really cool about this is that the the main place that most of us need habit changes is there's these little habits that we can run in the gym but for the most part the the habits that we have that negatively impact our training tend to happen in those 22 hours a day that we're not in the gym so where um you know the the things that tend to throw us off aren't always just like oh i rest too long when i snatch like that's really not impacting your yeah. your career but but the fact that you are chronically dehydrated is probably yeah. impacting your lifting more so like so, so oh. i think that you know using the little habits uh method of kind of chunking it down into the simplest possible thing that you can do just to get a little bit better. Yeah. And so if that's drinking water, maybe it's just the first thing you do when you wake up, just make your goal to just drink a cup of water. A cup of water, and yeah. And that sets you up for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, it's kind of that, uh, jumping back to, you know, something that comes up a lot when it comes to habit orientation, but it's the, the Jordan Peterson make your bed thing. That's right. Where it's just like you just start doing something you know, in the first part of the day. Yeah. So like if you're a person that skips breakfast, maybe saying, all right, I'm going to sit down and eat eight eggs for breakfast. Like I'm supposed to, that seems like a lot. Maybe. It seems like so, a lot. So yeah. maybe you start with, I'm going to have a protein shake in, instead of skipping breakfast. And you can kind of start building yourself up from there. Right. And I think that habit adjustment is, is largely about things outside of the gym. Yeah, I, I think it... Well, so the, the author's name is BJ Fogg, and the name of the book is Tiny Habits. Um, and, and these are the, the things... So the guy uh, originally was part of uh, software development. So he designed the way that a lot of the apps are created these days. And that's what's what's... What do people want? They want simplicity, right? The most simple apps have the most amount of users and they get the most amount of engagement. So, and the reason for that is because like the simpler a design is, the, the easier it is to use, more people are gonna be able to, to, to be able to use it, right? To get, to adapt to, to that, whatever that app is. Or, or if, you, if it, we're talking about habits, the simplest way of doing things is gonna be the most effective because if you complicate any kind of process, uh, it's always going to break down, right? That's why people, they fail diets. They fail their, their fitness goals. We're already almost at the end of February. And I, I think pe when people make resolutions, they say like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym five times a week or I'm going to eat healthy like, you know, for this whole month. Like I'm going to do this, 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 this diet and I'm going to lose this, all this weight. But in reality, it's like if you simplify this process, like, oh, I'll just not get a soda today. I'll just drink tea or maybe get a glass of water instead of a soda, like swapping things out. Um, and, and a lot of the time, like the idea of, so in the book he talks about not breaking habits, right? We don't wanna break a habit because that implies that like you'll do something different and then it's done, it's over with, right? But that's not how it works. We have to change that behavior through modifying the way that we think about things and modifying our process and, and things and by simplifying that. So in the case of eating eight eggs in, in breakfast in the morning, like why don't you just try one egg, right? And just try to increase that amount maybe every other week or just try to fit a breakfast in. Just maybe take a, a, a granola bar or a protein bar and eat that for breakfast. But like making something as simple as possible, making it, cause like, 
what do, what do we do every day? We think about like this thing, that thing. What are we going to wear? What are we going to do today? What do we have on our plate? What does this so-and-so think? Like, what did, how did this go last night? And like, um, we have all these things tugging at our attention. So like, if we, if we wanted to do less social media, how do we go about that? Like, how do we, if we want to be a better weightlifter, how do we in, ingrain our, in ourselves, like how to be more thorough in our warm-ups, how to be more, uh, active in, in the way that we monitor our time progress, but we want to simplify those processes as much as possible because the simpler something is, the more easy it is to, to follow along, right? Like whenever you learn a new skill, like I'm, if I was trying to teach somebody to play the guitar, I'm not going to have them do a crazy Eddie Van Halen lick the first day they're playing, right? I'm going to try to teach them the basic of the strings, which one's the top, which one's the bottom, where do your fingers go? Like just start simple, right? And then make that process more complicated over time. But initially it has to be simple. Like the way that we make ourselves better is by simplifying what we wanted to do and what we want to accomplish and then just doing those things every day until we get better at them. And, and I think that if we want to cultivate being a better, a better weightlifter, um, so these recovery things that we talk about all the time and how important it is that you take care of yourself outside of the gym, maybe, you know, once a week, take an Epsom salt bath. Maybe once, you know, once a day, stretch for five minutes, set a timer stretch for five minutes like don't make it complicated don't make it like oh i got to do a 30 minute ramwad or i got to do two ramwads in a day to increase my flexibility just be like set a five minute timer do a little t choose two exercises two stretches that you can do in that five minutes and just do it for five minutes like and that's how like you cultivate that process of building on a habit like and then changing the way that you want to do things if you want to go to sleep earlier what how would you how would you accomplish like telling somebody like if an athlete needs to get nine hours of sleep how can you simplify that process for them to say like you need to get more sleep this is how you do it just start here yeah i mean it's it's basically just um well like with sleep hygiene stuff like the first thing because a lot of times people are really resistant to the idea of like sleeping an extra hour yeah right? exactly yeah so you know i i think that you know it's it's really just like start small it's like okay we'll just go to bed 10 minutes earlier or yeah. like if you're watching four episodes of brooklyn 99 before you go to sleep <laughs> watch three right you know like and i think that you know I, I like this idea that change can't be an onslaught it can't happen all at once right it, well it, people try it and it doesn't work because like you you have to give yourself small wins right and those wins are attached to feelings so like, let's say in a training session, um, you have no misses on your snatches. You had 18 snatches and you don't have any misses. That's a win. That's a victory. You should celebrate that. And you should try to create a feeling that says, I want to repeat that. Like I, that's a victory. That's a win. So if, if, if you have the mentality of like creating small wins for yourself, like I went to bed 10 minutes earlier, that's a win. Yes. Like I'm, I'm doing it. I'm and get excited about it. Like that's how you create and cultivate that motivation because motiv motivation is a fair weather friend. It's not always going to be there, oh, right? Yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes your motivation shows up and you feel real motivated. Sometimes it's not there, but how do you continue to do things even when you're not motivated by building habits, right? So it's important that you create small wins for yourself. Like if you went to bed 10 minutes earlier, that's a win. Like you should be like proud of yourself and that's how you create more feelings of intentions like because we have two sides to our brain we have that left brain we have that right brain left brain's all logical you know i know i need to go to bed earlier i know i need more sleep you you understand that a lot of people do so information doesn't necessarily create change just because you know something needs to be different doesn't mean you will make it different but creating feelings 
of success around these small habits like you know what i was more thorough in my warm-up today that was a win i feel much better or you know what i i drank a glass of water as soon as i got up boom i'm winning i'm i'm, I'm creating like success for myself and, and being you know, motivating yourself in that aspect by creating like a feeling of excitement or a feeling of when, whenever you feel accomplished, you should celebrate that. And, and you should celebrate that like in the way that you cultivate these habits. So like if your warmups gets better, celebrate that. If you're, if you're um, going to sleep earlier, celebrate that. That's how you create more motivation to do those things. Well, I think, I th yeah, I think what you're talking about is, is essentially building momentum. Yeah, exactly. Right? Where if, if the goal is that you're supposed to drink a gallon of water a day and you're currently drinking a liter of water a day to say tomorrow I'm going to drink a gallon of water, you're probably going to do it tomorrow and you might do it on Wednesday. And then by Friday, you're definitely not going to be doing it anymore. Right. Yeah. Like there's, there's, you know, when we bite off more than we can chew, it's it's a recipe for failure and like repeatedly trying to bite off more than you can chew and then failing to do it reinforces that you're the kind of person that fails to do things and if you set your goals small and you're like because it takes a while i think is it 21 days to establish a that's, daily habit yeah that's like the, like the idea that floats around yeah. i don't think that there's probably a hard number but it takes more than um you know the span of your motivation because one thing that he was talking about um in that interview was that when we first set a goal we're going to have high motivation to do right. that thing so if your goal is to you know follow this diet it might be that you follow the diet really really well for the first 10 days but then when you're not feeling as motivated as the day you decided to do it then how strict is going to start weighing on you a lot. It's going to require a lot of mental energy to yeah. stick with. But if you're super motivated and then you establish a really small goal that doesn't eat up a lot of your energy and you maintain that for, you know, that first 20 days and then you add one tiny step onto that and then continue on. Right. And it's, you know, just like we talk about with progress and weightlifting, progress on yourself and your habits is a long game, mm -hmm. you know? It's, uh, it's gonna, and you're gonna have, like we talked about in the behavior change episode, you're gonna have relapse, you're gonna have, yeah. you know, times that you slip up. And accepting all of that right off the bat, and then making sure that your goals are in alignment with what, what can you do on your worst day? Right. So like on the day that you feel the laziest and are super unmotivated, what can you still get done? And if that's trying to make it to the gym three days a week because you're trying to get back in shape, maybe that's just committing to coming in and warming up and stretching. And then if you still don't feel like it, you just go home. Yeah. But you still did one step. Right. right? You showed so up. And it's, that not, was, yeah, it's not locking big. yourself into the whole workout. It's just I'm going to show up to the gym and warm up three days a week. And if I feel good after my warm up, I'm going to lift. And, you know, but... And then you feel like you're doing extra when you finish your lift, right? Yeah. But you still did a minimum effort of, well, at least, and then, but you see, but if you just did your warm up, it's like, well, I still biked for five minutes and I stretched. And then, I don't know, I was still feeling really beat up or sad or whatever sure, it is yeah. that's keeping you out. Right. And then you can go home, but you still did, you had a small win there. Yeah. And I think that that's what I really like about it is, you know, 
we all want, you know, fast results, but being careful with how much you, you decide to, to break off for yourself, I think is, uh, kind of a cool idea. Yeah. And and when it, like if, if showing up to the gym is the hardest part for you, then celebrate every time you're in the gym. Like every time that you're in that parking lot, just be like, yes, I'm, I, I made it here. Like I'm doing good. And then just come in, warm up, see how it goes. But celebrate those, those small things that are going to get you on the road. Like we always talk about building momentum and that's why, you know, we start off small in our programs and, and, and we get to the, the more intense phase as time goes on. We don't just start there because we want to get small wins along the way. And those small wins are what, what are going to keep us motivated to keep going when it, things get hard. And so we need to keep tying those things into our, 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 our habits because that's what's going to help us build momentum and get to the bigger things that we need to do and, and the harder things that we need to do, both in weightlifting and out of it. So, um, you know, it, it's like how many people floss their teeth, right? Because, like, yeah, if you think about it, like most dental hygienists are like people don't usually floss their teeth. But if you just started flossing one tooth, right, then every day you floss one tooth and you're just going to get better and better at flossing your teeth and just like, Oh, well I've already did one. I might as well just do another while I'm here. And then eventually you're flossing all your teeth. Right. And eventually you get to the point where you're doing that all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean every day, but you're doing it more often than you were, which was zero. Right. So we want to get to the point when, when we're doing things uh, for weightlifting or, or, or outside of your life, if you want to cultivate any kind of habit, just start small. Just start with something simple that you can do. Like it, we were talking about how push-ups are a gateway exercise, right? Like if you start doing push-ups, let's say like in between commercials of a show, if you, if you watch regular TV and there's commercials, do one or two push-ups every time there's a commercial, you know, in between like that break. And eventually how many push-ups will you get to in a day, in a, in a month, in a year? Like if you just did one push-up every day for a year, you've done 365 push-ups, Which right? is more than zero. Which is more than zero. Yeah, so like it's just start small, start simple, and then just build on those things. Make your make and celebrate your successes. It's like you know what I did more than I did yesterday, which was zero, and and I'm doing more tomorrow, or I'll do more throughout the day. But just like those small things that we we can do to, for ourselves, just just simplify those processes as much as possible. And I think like I took a lot out of that podcast because like a lot of time people try to overcomplicate things and they try to make things. Um, make big changes all at once but it's really the small things that we do every day like and with, with our time and um, like let's say you wanted to start meditating like don't start with a 30 minute session you're going to freak out like you won't be able to sit there the entire time just do two minutes set, set a timer for two minutes and just sit quietly even with your eyes open just see if you can sit there in the dark or, or in silence like, it doesn't have to be in the dark but just just sit there just for two minutes um, or start even smaller just start a minute just try to just sit there and, and, and you'll build on that over and over and over again and create success for yourself. And, and that's how you cultivate, you know, the habits that you want. Yeah. And th- this is kind of where, um, you know, I think that ambition is, is a bit of a double-edged sword Yeah. where like, I, I want people, and, th- and this is where I'm, I'm still kind of torn. This is one of those things that I kind of can, can see both sides of, but like you need to have. Like if you're going to be a really great weightlifter, you have to have an ambition to do so. Sure. Right. Right. You can't. You're not going to accidentally your way to the Olympics. Right. Like there's no. I don't think anybody's accidentally got there. <laughs> you know. Not that but, I know of. Yeah. But also, I feel like being overly ambitious also leads to 
people being really miserable. Right. You know, like I think I think that if you're if you're kind of over eager or you're um, like ambitious to the point that you're just trying so hard to be something it's sometimes like the motivations are a little bit off it's i want to accomplish this because of how i think it'll make other people see me or like because this other thing will happen if i do this and i think that you know it's really hard because we we want people to have ambitions we want people to have drives because that's motivating you know that's how you make progress is you have to have the next peak of the mountain to climb to like you want you want to be striving right but I think that it's there's maybe we need new words for this because like there's you know I think we've all seen toxic ambition right. and genuine ambition yeah yeah I, I know like, what you're saying you know the the toxic the toxically ambitious mindset is the like I don't see any of my family or friends because I have to train right and I don't do anything and I haven't eaten a food that I liked in five years because I'm super lean right and like I think that you know there's there's definitely pitfalls to the idea that I'm so ambitious that I'm going to work all the time. Right. And like, I, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like there's, there's kind of a double edged sword there? Like I, I feel like I'm, I'm really skeptical of, of the like Uber publicly ambitious thing. Yeah. So like I, I really dislike, those motivational speakers and like motivational memes and stuff like that because it makes you feel like you're accomplishing something or like you're getting motivated but it doesn't create anything for you it's just like this it's like empty calories right to me like motivational anything that's tied into motive being motivational is like empty calories to me so i think of it more as just like this is a means for me to be a better person so that i can be a better person for other people Right. So if I'm trying to cultivate a habit, like even if it's for my own personal benefit, like if I want to get more hours of sleep, I'm a better person when I get more, more sleep. Right. I have more patience. I'm more prepared for the day. I'm more prepared for the things around me. I'm more prepared to deal with other people. So I'm not just doing it for myself. I'm doing it so I can be a better person for those around me as well. Exactly. So that's that's how I tie in that ambition. The toxic ambition is basically like treating people as means not ends and to me like that's toxic when you treat other people as like oh i'm gonna use them to make myself better or get my you get in a better position that's like toxic to me but when i'm saying like i'm gonna be a better person so i can be a better father to my daughter or i can be a better friend to my my friends or i can be a better coworker to my coworkers. like if i do the things that i need to to take care of myself and and my my things that i hold important in value then I can be better for other people too. I can be more patient. I can be more understanding. I can have a better outlook when things don't go the way that I want them to. But I still want to achieve. Like if I want to be the best athlete for myself, that means I'll be a good athlete for my coach as well, right? Yeah. So like if I if I treat my team member, yeah. If I want to be a good team member, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So like if you be the best version of yourself that you can be, whether that means warming up thoroughly or drinking more water or getting more sleep, you're taking care of yourself so that you can be better around others and be better for others too. So it's, it's, it's intrinsic as well as extrinsic. So it's like, it's not just one sided. So that's how I balance the idea of being ambitious in your improvement, but not to the extent where it's detrimental to everybody else or yourself. So like 
for me, it, it is a double-edged sword, but it's more of like wanting to be better so that you can be better for everybody else, so that you can make the, the world a better place. I know that's kind of like idealistic, but that's how I see it. Like that, and that's, that's kind of how I treat it. Yeah, and I think that, you know, my, my skepticism here kind of stems from, you know, this, this feeling that we're all kind of drilled in that just doing that work has a moral value in itself. Right. That, like, it's like, I work super hard is a moral thing, and I don't think that it is. Like, I think that, you know, you have to have more balance there because, like, if you just, if you're just working all the time, but like you kind of hate everything that you're doing. Yeah. Like there's there's no there's no extra value in that. Sure. And this this is a thing that I saw, and it's probably an out of context quote because any one line quote is. Sure. But um, Cal Strength put up a quote uh, from their coach Dave Spitz the other day that I, I just immediately had a gut reaction to that I was just like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And it was just never do nothing. Never do nothing. So, it's a double negative. Yeah, exactly. So always, <laughs> but basically, the the thing that they were that the that I, I I got from it was that they were trying to say you should always be working on something, and I just think that's wrong. Okay. I don't think that you have to always be working on something. Right. I think if you're always working on something, you're you're in that kind of toxic mindset that the only thing that matters is work. Right. And I think that, you know, you, you have to have times that you do nothing. Meditating is doing nothing. Yeah. It's doing nothing as hard as you possibly can. Uh, like, <laughs> I think that, you know, you have to have, like, I think that you should have time. Like, I think that the idea that we have to always be working is what's wrong with the world right now. Like, I think that that feeling yeah. of I need to constantly be working. And if I'm not working, I'm a bad person right. is like the number one thing that drives me crazy with the society that we live in. Because I think that you have, like, I, I don't want to work all the time. Right. I love my job and it doesn't really feel like working when I'm coaching. Sure. You know, like if you kind of define work as doing something you don't want to do. Right. But like to, to think that you have to spend all day working, I think is, is kind of, I don't know. I, I don't like that idea. I think I think that you have to have time. Like everybody should have a few hours during the day that they get to do whatever they feel like doing. Yeah, I, I agree. You know with what that. I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that maybe that's that's like the toxic mentality of just like um, the burnout culture that we were talking about before, where it's just like you're not done until everything's done. Like the work is done. Like all the dishes in the sink are clean. Everything's like spick and span in the house. Like, but sometimes it doesn't always play out that way. Like sometimes you just need to take time for yourself or like taking care of. And that's why we go back to like taking care of yourself so you can help be better for others as well. Like to me, that's a more realistic approach. It's just like, if I, if I take care of the things that make me feel better and I can be better for other people, then I'll do those things, right? So even if that means taking a step back and, and not continually striving, right? So I think that, that constant striving, like everything has to be better. It has to be, you know, one step better than yesterday. Like you, if you're not improving today, you're not gonna be better tomorrow. Uh, that kind of mentality just doesn't stick with me. It's just like, that, that's another motivational quote with empty calories. Like, can you be your best every day? Probably not, like, but, but just do what you can. Simplify your life as much as possible. And, and like we were talking about with habits and things like that, like the, the idea isn't to strive to be 
you know, like 100% perfect every day, but just to do the things that make you better in general as much as and often as you can. And, and if that means taking a step back sometimes, that's, that's fine too. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest, you know, small habit that people can take is be forgiving with yourself yeah. to just take a break. Yeah, man. be forgiving with yourself like, for sure. I, I think that, you know, because there's, there's plenty of times where, you know, I, I try to free up some time at least a couple days a week to, you know, go meet a friend for coffee or, you know, um, like just listen to a podcast that has nothing to do with lifting or yeah. just like something entertainment and like play some solitaire or just like have that unwind time, right. you know? Yeah. And yes, I unwind by playing solitaire. <laughs> but like, I, I think that, I don't know. I, I just kind of don't, I, I just can't hang with that message that you yeah. have to always be, be always be grinding. Con- like, constantly striving. It, yeah. It, it drives me nuts, man. And right. I know that we've, we harp on this a lot, but I, well, I really want you guys to relax, man. Like yeah. everybody's so tense all the time. And I think that it really comes down to this, you know, the, the world that we live in is one that says that the, the status things that you get from constantly working are what's important. Right. Yeah. But like, for me, what's important is just doing what I want to do most of the time. The more time of my day that I get to spend doing the things that I want to be doing is, is my, is how I measure progress. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah, no, I get it. I, and I, I'm on board with that. I, uh, I think we've kind of <laughs> gotten into a rabbit hole with it, but but no, I, I definitely agree. And I think, uh, like, if, as far as uh, that goes, you know, there's a time and place for work, right? There sh- you should be putting in work. You should be, you know, doing some hard things and making some progress, but it doesn't have to be like this, you know, wake up at 4.30 in the morning and just go until you're, you're dead. Like, that's not not a good way to exist either I think like for me there has to be balance there's things that I want to do and there's things that I get to do and there's things that that I don't want to do sometimes like you know uh look up boring tax stuff and and you know yeah. <laughs> like all that stuff is like yeah do I want to do that no but is it part of the process of owning you know a business yeah and it has to be done so like there's always those aspects of like yeah I there's things that I don't want to do, but there's a lot of things that I get to do and a lot of things that I, I enjoy doing. And I do those things too. So it's like, it's not always, I'm not always striving for something. You know, sometimes I'm just content where, where things are at and, and I'm okay with that. And then there's areas that I like to improve and I work on those things. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's where the, the reframing of, of your training or, you know, your hobby that you're trying to turn into a business or right. anything like that is that, keeping it in the realm of things that you get to do and want to do yeah. and not putting it in the realm of things you have to do right. and separating out, you know, work from work, where it's the work I don't want to do versus work that yeah. I feel like doing. And we um, could get into that in a whole nother t- yeah, uh, topic. We, that might, did, we might expand on yeah. that. <laughs> we might, we might revisit that but, for sure. But with those tiny habits, you know, it's, it's, it's helping steer you into just being on default to the things that you know you should be doing. Yeah. And then, you know, it's cause you know, not, not wanting to be grinding all the time also doesn't mean just only eat ice cream. You right. Know? Yeah. That's like true there's, too. there's a certain amount of like balance that you need there. So it's not, you know, be, I'm not advocating for absolute laziness at yeah. all times, yeah. right. but I am saying that, that it's okay to, to take a day off. You know, like yeah. I think it, sure. it's, it's easy for, you know, 
everyone to get so caught up in, in thinking that the, the, the list that you have to do today is the most important right. thing in the world and it's really not more important than your mental health and your physical health. Right. So if you're implementing those small habits to build those things up, just make sure that you're not adding so many new habits that now you're just grinding all day to try to implement right. all your new things. And yeah. that's the start simple. Yeah, the key it is has, simplicity. You have to have the energy to do the thing that you want to change. Yeah. And if that's shortening your warm-ups or you know, shortening your rest between sets or being more deliberate with your, your reps, um, being patient with your like lifts at, at heavier percentages like we talked about at the beginning, mm-hmm. all of those things, you just want to make sure that you're not burdening yourself to the point that you're going to burn out on all of those habits yeah. that you're trying to establish. Yeah, so just start simple. Keep doing the things that you like to do and make, make them small wins and then just build on those successes. Uh, I think that concludes today's podcast, y'all. So I hope you got something out of it. We did talk a little bit about training and, and the intermediate phase of training that we're in right now and uh, a little bit about you know building new habits and some, some small ways to get there and keeping things simple. So I hope you all enjoy the podcast. Do you have anything to add, Grayson? Uh, no, go ahead and uh, please subscribe on iTunes. Give us a rating. It really helps us out. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. All right, until next time, y'all, happy lifting.